Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Father God, bless our children as they go to Children's Church. May your face shine upon them. May your spirit fill our children's pastors in the name of Jesus. And as was just prayed, Lord, we, we ask your blessing on this time. Will you, um, will you fill this time with yourself? We ask uh, for your glory in this place. Uh, we ask you to help us honor you on the day that we celebrate Pentecost. We want to honor you in this place, Holy Spirit. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray, amen. So um, actually, um, I'm going to start this morning. Um, something was put on my heart. Actually, it began at the men's retreat. Um, spirit of conviction kind of came upon some of the men, um, starting with Don, Don McCurry, who was our speaker at the retreat, um, and a burden that we have a family um, among us that is, um, that's in need. And uh, I believe that the Lord's um, asked me to give an opportunity to honor the Holy Spirit um, on Pentecost. Um, we don't normally pass the plates here. You all know that. We don't do a, once or twice a year we pass the plates for a special offering for pantry and that kind of thing. But mostly we've got, for people who want to give, we've got the, the boxes out there where you can drop it. This morning, <laughs> this morning, um, the Holy Spirit's put it on my heart. Um, out of the scriptures, um, you know, one of the things, we're going to teach on Pentecost this morning, but one of the fruits that came when the Holy Spirit came was they, uh, they made sure that none had lack. He moved them. The Word of God says that, um, <laughs> it says, uh, now all who believed were together and had all things in common. This was a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon <clears throat> a body of people. It says they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. In another place, so in other words, twice, that's a, that's a biblical pattern, <laughs> right? Twice, it says, um, another time it says, nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And I'm not telling you, maybe God will tell you this, I'm not telling you to run out and sell your house today. Um, if God tells you, you should do that. Um, but um, this morning we are going to, um, this is going to be one of the few times of the year we're going to pass these plates. There's a family in desperate need and we don't want them to lack. And in honor of the Holy Spirit, on, now, the Lord's made every day. Every day is the day the Lord has made. But this is a special day where, where we invite the Holy Spirit for fresh feeling and we, we want to honor him in this place. We always honor the Holy Spirit. We want to honor him today. So if those who were going to help me out with this, if you'd come on up, we're going to pass these plates. This is a free will offering. It's not the tithe. Every bit of it is going to go in honor of the Holy Spirit to the family that has need. And so, Father God, I just pray that over this offering, 
Um, whatever you move people to give in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would bless them abundantly and that this would be multiplied. When given to the family, Lord, we ask that you would multiply it, what little bit we have to give, that it would become an abundance for them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, guys. And while they're doing that, I'm going to go right on and teach because the Lord's given me a big very industrious game plan for today i feel like i am going to teach on the holy spirit this morning okay three gods i mean (laughs) well let me try that again one god three persons okay (laughs) yeah we're let's not get weird um father son and holy spirit one god right and um jesus said that it was important that he went away can you imagine how that must have struck the disciples I, I just, I put myself in their shoes and I have to think I'd have been going, uh I mean, I would have been, I would have been arguing with them, like, I can't imagine, Lord, how that's a good idea. But we're going to go through, why was it important? Y'all know, why did he need to go away? What did he say? So that he could send the helper. See, he had to sit down at the right hand of his father in the seat where all authority flows from so that he could send the helper. And we're going to look at that um, closely today. I'm going to try to be very careful that I don't just um, teach and teach because I do know this, the most important thing this morning and just in obedience, me, just for me to be in obedience, there's certain things the Lord has asked me to make sure that we give him opportunity to do here today. So I'm going to teach some, but we're going to leave time for, for him to have free reign in our hearts and do some things. Is that okay with you? Okay. All right. Um, Let me just start with this. Do you know that when um, the favor of God is upon your life that it'll expose issues in other people around you? (laughs) Have you all experienced that? In fact, how many of you have experienced that when the favor of God is upon you, it actually exposes your own issues, right? (laughs) It kind of goes hand in hand. Why? The word of God, and we're going to look at it here. If you want to start turning to 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 2 we're going to start out there just for a minute Um, but you know the spirit of this world is contrary to the spirit of God so when the spirit of God begins to show up in power it it begins to expose everything that's contrary right in you and others around you okay I'm going to start in verse 6 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 6 And um, this is just really, we're going to be teaching in um, uh, the first chapter of Acts this morning. It's just going to take me a little while to get there. Um, In verse 6 here it says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, in the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. For whose glory? For our glory. Can you imagine God loves you that much? He's got glory planned for you. We're moving from glory to glory. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For, um, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you know the spirit of this world that's contrary to God is always trying to kill Jesus still to this day is trying to kill out the spirit of God 
out of this place. Verse 9, now here's really why we're reading this. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard. Now I've got to stop here. I'm going to keep reading. But you hear me say this all the time here. It's so important that everything that we read in this book, every time we have a conversation with the Lord, we start in love, right? You will misinterpret everything if you start from any basis other than that he is crazy in love with you. Okay, and that's why we're doing this, okay? Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even imagine what he's prepared. And day by day, we're moving into it, right? Anybody else? You moving into it? Okay, and it goes on and says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. How, has he, how does he reveal it to us? Through his spirit. So critical for where we're going this morning. Um, I should keep reading. I can't help myself. It says, For the Spirit searches all things, yet the deep thing, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Not even, uh, I'm sorry, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things. Now listen that have been freely given to us by God. How do we receive from God? Freely given. Now listen, we're going to talk about some very practical things today about how we position ourselves for filling of the Spirit, how we order things, things we are responsible for in our life for filling of the Spirit. But it's very important that you start this morning knowing that um, what we're not saying we're not saying we cannot earn the filling of the Spirit. There's nothing good enough that you do that has God come upon you, in you, through you. Okay? Freely given. You see, um, I've got to say this. You know, the challenge, <laughs> the challenge in our life is not hearing God's voice, right? It's prioritizing his voice over other voices. It's shutting down the other voices, right? He doesn't have a problem speaking. You know that. And the truth is you're not designed to have a problem hearing him or responding to him. In fact, you are specifically designed to be able to perceive, hear, be in intimate relationship and respond to him. That's the truth. If anything, the challenge is shutting down the other voices that obscure the only voice that counts. You know, the challenge is not walking in the power of God. Jesus says the kingdom is upon you. He says the kingdom is near. Okay, so the, the problem's not walking in the power of God. What's, what's our problem? Our problem <laughs> is avoiding seeking power from the other sources. Yeah. I wish I could do it this morning, but this entire book, this entire story is, is about focusing on the only source of power and shutting down a search for any other places where, the power, where you can find power. You know, there are other places for power right? This is not his power. Amen? Okay. Okay. So um, I want to show you, go with me, um, and we're still just laying foundation, and then we'll get to it, I promise. But go with me to Matthew 10 and verse 7. I just want to, I feel like on this day, it's so important that we start with 
Jesus' sending words over you. Um, you know that he has ways. You know, say to somebody, God has ways. Okay, he's got ways. And we see a, a way, he sends in particular ways. Here is, um, he's sending out his 12. He's sending out the disciples, right? Who else is a disciple? Okay, so these words are for you. And it says, so he's telling them starting in verse seven. I'm not sure if I told you that yet. It says, as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now remember, um, I think it must be two weeks ago, ago we preached on, um, we learned about the two realms, right? He called the place Mahanaim because it was dual camp. He became aware of two realms. I just, for those of you that were here, I just want to point out that's what this is talking about. This is um, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What was Jesus telling them? He's, these are sending words and he's saying the kingdom is, is right here. Be aware, what should they go out and teach to people in the sending? They should go and teach the other, my realm is available. The kingdom is at hand. Okay, that's exciting to me. I don't know, anybody? <laughs> okay, and then verse eight, it says, now listen, it says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Here it is again. Freely you've received, freely give. Have you ever put yourself, hopefully you have, have you ever put yourself in the shoes of one receiving that calling? That's not terrifying. I mean, can you imagine? Look at what he's telling them to do. This is his sending. This is his, his words to you in your sending. Do you think about these words as like, well, that was for those guys. Is that the way you think about it? Or do you think about it like this is his call? This is what he says to you. He says the kingdom of God is at hand and he says um, heal the sick. Do you know that the calling on our life is to take things that are sick, okay, bodies, of course, marriages, families, homes, communities, sick things and bring it to health, to bring the authority from another realm into this realm. Else does he say? Cleanse the lepers were to take unclean, unholy things. You understand, in their culture, they understood that that was an unclean disease. We're to cleanse things. That requires the authority of heaven. That requires the Holy Spirit. You don't have the power to cleanse things. The blood of Christ cleanses and it's granted through the Holy Spirit. Raise the dead. Now look, if one of you has a calling on your life to go, to go physically raising dead people, God bless you. There's been Wigglesworth. God has that anointing for people. But I want to tell you there's a principle here in your calling. He's asking you to bring dead things to life. <laughs> you know that we're, we're surrounded by dead things that need the life of Christ in it. And by, through the Holy Spirit, his sending says, go bring dead things to life. And plan on spending this. See, my plans already. <laughs> yeah. Cast out demons. I just, I've got to do that one. You understand his calling, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is that you have authority over the demonic realm. Do you know that you're, you're surrounded by people that are in the torment of the enemy's kingdom, of the spirit of this world, your calling is to have authority over it. Yeah. 
and say for, for people's lives, it stops here. I think sometimes we put these things on pedestals like cast out demons. Woo, that was a weird spooky thing they did back there. That's something you're probably going to run into somebody today that needs you to walk in the authority of the kingdom of God and say it stops now. In the strong name of Jesus, the enemy stops in your life now. Be, be cast out of their life. Don't touch it again. <clears throat> In uh, Matthew 28 and verse 18, it says, All authority has, this is Jesus talking about himself, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I mean, just for starters, we either believe that or we don't. That said, all authority. Then it goes on, and of course, it's the famous, I feel like I need to move. That was the famous. Send it, go make disciples, right? How do we make disciples? Teach, teaching everything that he's commanded. And how do we do that? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. <laughs> I will make you witnesses. How will you witness? In the power of the Spirit. Healing the sick, cleansing lepers, raising the dead, and casting out demons. That's not for a superstar on TV. <laughs> okay, um, you know, before we move on, I, I want to um, lay out a pattern because I, I think it's going to be, um, we're going to cover some stuff. And um, I think that this lays a foundation that'll just make it um, kind of understandable in the, in the big picture context from Genesis to Revelation. Do you understand? Um, and we say this all the time here, God does not change, right? He's, un he's good, period. He's holy, period. He loves you before you were born and always will, period, right? God doesn't change. Now, his covenants do change. So, so the way that, he, is, is he always good? Yes. The way that he manifests his goodness changes with covenant, right? Now, I'm gonna show you something. In the, just, I know you got this, but I'm just gonna lay this out. In the Old Testament, the fire of God was a pillar or it was in the Holy of Holies, okay? The, the Holy Spirit fire of God was in the story. God doesn't change, but it was, it, they were afar off or it was the column out in front of them, right? Are we tracking so far? Okay, in the New Testament, and we're going to look at this this morning, I think, <laughs> um, the column... Um, his big idea was that on every believer, every single one of us would have a column of fire, that we would participate, that we would be in the fire. That's a New Testament change. And I'm going to show that to you. That's not just for like certain denominations <laughs> that dance more than we do or something. That's... <laughs> That's, it was always God's plan that every one of you, every member of the family of God would be a priest unto him, would be a bridge between the two realms that is only done in the power of God because you don't have the power in yourself except for God, okay? Um, you know, um, in the Old Testament, when the fire leapt off of the altar or out of the holy place to the people, generally it was not a good thing. Can you think of some of those stories? 
like whole portions of their population would be wiped out when the fire of God leapt out. Why is that? It's a, it's a cleansing fire and the blood was not over yet. You know, there was a reason God was afar off and there was a reason they went through all these things just even to approach the fire. And when God called them to the temple because they were speaking against leaders or committing some great sins or something and they came too close to the fire, it would leap out and destroy them. That's actually the mercy of God. That's the holiness of God. He was cleansing away what could not share space with the fire of God. Amen? But I want to show you that the New Testament plan is that we're, we're filled, we're engulfed, the, the fire of God is over us, and why does it not completely destroy us? The blood of Jesus. It's the only reason. In other words, the work that Jesus did was to position you to be from where the fire was afar off to where you're in the fire. Okay? That's his plan. Why? So you could heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and cleanse lepers. I know you all are very, there's nobody like you in the world on purpose. You all have your own, your own gifts, your own callings, your, all unique things that's like nobody else. And yet, there's one thing I'll promise you that's as true as this book, as true as God himself. No matter what your gifts, your callings, your passions, what he, what he, where he takes you, the calling in that is always going to be to heal the sick, <laughs> cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. In other words, what? To bring the authority of one realm into this realm. No matter what you're calling. Okay, last little thing I'll point out. You know in the Old Testament, um, in the Old Covenant, you hear about God is merciful, right? It was mercy. Do you know that grace is a new covenant thing? And do you know that mercy and grace are not the same thing? Do you know that? The mercy of God is in atonement by the, by the blood of the lambs, by, by obedience and worship and, and things like that. Mercy is, is um, overlooking temporarily only, and really this could only be done because of the blood of Christ even before he completed that work. Mercy was overlooking in order to move his own plans forward through, through men, Right? You know, grace is a very different thing. Do you know that? Grace, um, most of the time when you see the word grace, it's the word charis, okay? And in other words, it has an aspect of mercy in it. It requires mercy, believe me. <laughs> but it's also power. What, what Jesus did by the spilling of his blood was bring about mercy over your life so you could be filled with the power to move into your destiny because he loves you that much. Grace is new in the finished work of Christ. Okay. Let the go. I can tell you all are all excited about that. <laughs> Thank you. I got an hallelujah. Okay, now I'm going to show you some things very quickly about, um, about the fire of God starting in the Old Testament. If you want to turn, I'm going to be skipping through Exodus here. If you want to go to Exodus 13, I'll start in verse 20, 13, 20. It says, so they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped, 
I'm having trouble reading today. And camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. Okay, what I'm going to be doing here is showing you what we have in the fire of God. Okay, what's the first things you just saw? Before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, right? The fire of God leads the way and gives, and gives light. His pillar. Um, I was going to do this whole study, but I had to keep you for like six hours today. But, you know, there are places in the scripture that says he is our pillar. In fact, there are places in the scripture that says when you make an altar for me, don't carve out a pillar to be part of that altar. Why? Because he is the pillar. And there were certain kings like Absalom who, Absalom who made a pillar not even for God at the altar but with his own name on it. <laughs> and you can go study yourself. You can go read how badly it goes for him. Um, but God is our pillar. It's in the Psalms. It's in the prophets. Okay? And so, so I want you to gather it's for leading and it's for light. Okay? Now um, go to Exodus 14. And verse 24. And it says, Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians, and he took off their chariot wheels <laughs> so that they drove them with difficulty. I bet that was difficult. <laughs> and the Egyptians said, let us, flee, uh, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. And did you gather that? You're, you're seeing principles here. What, what's the, the fire of God? In other words, God, um, when, when you have the fire of God, the filling of the Holy Spirit, God fights for you. He re, I'm going to tell you there's a principle here. He removes the chariot wheels of the enemy so that, so that what is contrary to the purposes that he calls in your life are not, are not hindered. You know, the enemy is pursuing you. As much as God loves you, the enemy hates you. Do you know that you are in a battle? It is true. And we, we do need him to remove, remove the chariot wheels, Lord, <laughs> right? In fact, how many of you have experienced the more powerfully you're being filled with the Spirit and he's calling you? I know there are seasons in life. There's cycles, there's seasons. It's very biblical. And as soon as you begin to move into very powerful seasons, you start to experience attack like you haven't experienced in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remove the wheels, Lord. <laughs> Okay, um, go to Exodus 33, 8. 33, 8. And it says, So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And I believe later, so like in verse 11, it says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. You know, he means that for you to be your experience. It used to be a far off. It used to be that he invited 
a priest or one person to go and draw near the fire and come back and tell the people, right? And why, we, I think we talked about that two weeks ago. Why did he do it that way? The people asked for it that way. They went to Moses and they said, well, we can't stand the glory of God. You go talk to him and come tell us. It was their prayer. And God went, okay. Right? But we hunger. We're, we live now in a time when the blood of Christ makes it so, it's, it's, so God's intention can be that we're in the fire, that the fire comes upon us. And who else is his friend? See, the pillar of fire, it's also intimate communication with him. He means for you to come, come on into the fire and talk with me as a friend. Okay, I'm going to show you one more. Um, Revelations, I just, th this is just joyful. And then I'll get to the real part. Revelations 3 and verse 10. This is um, in, a, in a prophetic letter to the church of Philadelphia. Okay, in other words, to churches, to, to new covenant believers, this is a letter to them. So these are words that, that speak into his destiny for you. Okay, this is what he destines. He says, because you've kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, here's why we're reading this. Behold, I am coming quickly, even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes, does it? <laughs> Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Now we're going to keep reading, but listen to me. What's it say? That no one may take your crown. If, if, what does that mean? If someone could take your crown, it has to mean that you already have one, right? It doesn't say earn a crown. <laughs> it says hold fast so that no one takes your crown. You are royalty of the family of God. His destiny is that you keep the crown. Now let's keep reading. And he says, um, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. <clears throat> and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God. That's your destiny. It's good to keep a handle on your destiny. Um, you understand like when I mentioned Absalom earlier, when someone <laughs> sets out to make themselves a pillar, um, it doesn't go well. Okay, but God's destiny is that he is going to make you a pillar. His plan, he loves you like crazy. His plan is for you to keep your crown and he is establishing you as a pillar. How does he do that? He is the pillar. And his whole plan from the very beginning was to fill you with himself. That you would be in the fire and the fire would be upon you. You know, at Pentecost, the tongues come. What is that? The tongues of fire. I think we're going to read it. <laughs> tongues of fire come. In other words, it was God's idea that he used to stand over here in a pillar. Now it's his idea that every single one of you is the place of the pillar of fire. I'm going to say that again. You guys are way too quiet. Every single one of us is the place of his pillar of fire for world-changing 
so that the enemy's thwarted, so that his name's declared and he's glorified. And what? So that you can cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. You guys got it. Man, we're going to change the world after today. <laughs> okay, so I've come to it here. Um, we're going to start, you can go ahead and turn to the first chapter of Acts. Okay, now, but I, I want to set this up a little bit. Do you understand that the first chapter of this book is a very short period of time what's going on here okay is the lord is appearing to them he's already risen from the dead he's appearing to them in body for 40 days to give them instructions instructions for what what's he instructing them wait wait he tells them wait we're gonna <laughs> you get that that's right wait you can't do anything on your own so you better wait um, but I want to tell you that it's a period where, he is, where Jesus is preparing his people to become the church. What's the definition of the church? Anywhere the Spirit of God is, right? It's not that, well, I mean, <laughs> it's this building because um, God's here, but really the church is you, okay? Any Spirit-filled Son of God is the church. And when, when we gather together, we're the church, and this is a period of time where um, for a very short, for 40 days and then for 10 days after, after he departs, the 10 days of the final waiting, so 50 total brings us to Pentecost, okay? But it's a very short period of time where he's saying he's giving them instruction to prepare them for the Spirit to come upon That's it. That's why we can't minimize this. I mean, literally... From the, from the time Jesus rose to, the, to the, what we would call the birth of the church, that's what he occupied himself doing. Just preparing those that love him and that he loves for the spirit to come upon. Now, um, we've got to do this thing. Um, part of what we do is I think we, we put the apostles or the disciples of Jesus that we read about here on this pedestal um, where we don't even participate in it anymore. It was like for them or something, right? So I have to tell you, nothing in the Word of God gives us the impression that during this period of time, and even on the day of Pentecost, that the disciples had a clue. <laughs> nothing. Seriously, they were completely clueless. In fact, you've got to repeat after me. Um, let me get this right. The disciples didn't have a clue. They were clueless. And if you pay attention to that when you read the story, you can tell they were stepping and fetching. I'm not making this up. They had no idea what was going on. It's so important to understand that as we read into this. Otherwise, you're going to think they were like these, these really cool people, like people that are cooler than you or something. And, and you'll, you'll disengage. You'll think that as you read the story of Pentecost that it's not something for you to participate in. You know that he has a Pentecost. Some of you have probably had it. Some of you have not. But many Pentecost, the word of God says, do not neglect the laying on of hands. The word of God says, be filled and then be filled again and then be filled again and then come together and pray for each other to be filled again. Do you know that? Okay. All right, here we go. I, Acts 1-1. Um, 
I'll start reading. It says, the, um, the, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he'd chosen, to whom he'd also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In other words, that's context, okay? He's showing up and saying, I'm preparing you because you're about to get this promise. Okay, now, now here it is. It's at verse 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, I'm going to tell you what that language actually means, okay? Um, when it says, um, you shall be baptized, it's a, it's a type of word and it's a tense of a word that, that literally means you shall become a baptizer. So it has an element of you'll be baptized, but you're, you're going to join into a baptizing. You're going to become a baptizer of the Holy Spirit. This is the promise that's coming upon, okay? And in verse 6, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, this is very important. Um, this is really the, the weightiest thing the Lord put on my heart this week. Um, what are they really asking? <laughs> so, yeah, now, now let me show you something. Everything we've been talking about this morning, even though I don't think I've ever said the words, is we're talking about realm priority, okay? Two weeks ago, we talked about two realms. We're all called to be a priest, so we're, we're a bridge between two realms. Only in the power of the Holy Spirit do you bridge between the two realms. Yes, y'all remember this? okay. And it's realm priority. You better believe when God opened his eyes to see that other realm and he renamed the place, two realms or two camps, it changed his priorities. Okay? We're talking about realm priority. And what do they do? They say, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now here's what they're doing. I want you to notice, have we read Jesus' response? I better do that. And then I'll tell you what I've got to say. In verse 7, it says, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now listen to me. They say, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel specifically, right? And I want you to notice two things that we see in Jesus' Jesus's response. First, he does not rebuke them. Do you see that? It, he doesn't say, oh, God, you know, he's not rolling his eyes or, or whatever. He, he does a re-steer, okay? Why is he not rebuking them? I want to tell you something. The desire is good. It's holy. It's the same thing as our desire, like, Lord, come quickly, or Revelations talks about the saints before the altar and they cry out, how long, Lord? How long will you let this go on? It's, it's good and right and holy to be waiting for the next coming of the Lord. In fact, some days I'm so fed up with this place that that's about all I'm doing, going, 
going, how can it be today? That's what they're doing, okay? And that's fine. He doesn't rebuke it. He doesn't say that that's that's a bad way to think. That's a bad desire. But what does he do? Yep, yep, yep. He he restores. He he re-steers though, right? And where does he re-steer to? He re-steers to just what he was talking about. He was talking about how they're going to receive the promise. The promise that makes you the church. <laughs> Without the promise, you're not even the church. You're just men and women doing things in our own strength. The promise is what fills us with himself and makes us the church. And then they say, and then what? They have, they have a realm priority problem in a sense. They want all of the physical to be completely subjected to and under the authority of the will of heaven. Is that right? Is that a bad desire? No. Is Jesus going to do that? Absolutely, he's going to do that. But I want to tell you something. We're in a season right now where he's not, he's not done that yet. And why? Because he loves you. And I want to tell you something. His good plan is that right now he's making you into a pillar of fire. He's making you, ever making you from glory to glory into the authority. You are the authority as he fills you for the kingdom of God to be in this place. You're a kingdom bringer. That's the name of this season. You bring the kingdom. There is going to be a day where every knee will bow. He'll wipe the last tear. There will be no pain, no sickness. All the physical realm will be under the subjection of the name of Jesus. And during this season... His assignment and his call, no matter how unique, no matter who you are, his assignment and his call is that that you're a kingdom bringer. This is the season where he says, the kingdom is upon you, and the way I do it right now is I'm bringing you from glory to glory to execute my will in that place. Realm realm priority. Now I'm going to show you, wow. Wow. Okay, um, I want to talk to you about very quickly um, what happens next. <laughs> Do you know before the fullness of Pentecost comes and the Spirit comes into that room and the Spirit comes upon, engulfs them and fills them and they move out immediately in fruitful ministry. Before that happens, do you all know what they do? got to kind of go aloud they pray they definitely pray that's part of well they wait right and part of it is they pray but i'm gonna tell you something they start putting things in order they start talking about um we've got to replace one of the apostles we got to replace judas and they go through this whole thing now i want you to go study this because we we have to get to what the holy spirit wants to do or i'll be in disobedience and i'm not willing to do that um but they, they, they handle practical matters, okay? And um, I want to give you this pattern. If you're a note taker or you, you can just kind of listen in, I'm going to give you this pattern for what they do. The first thing is we, we read an account, it's paragraphs long, where he, dis, where he defines the problem. Peter defines the problem. And he says, we, we have this issue where we, need, we have someone who needs to be replaced 
Um, now, I want to tell you, this is a bridge situation. It's a very physical thing. It's literally, they have a position that needs a guy that, that, that's not filled by a guy in it. And so you see what I'm saying? It's practical things that they're handling, and yet it's a bridge. So here's what I want you to see. One of the things we see from the Word of God is that it is our responsibility to order things in this realm so that we are positioned for when the Spirit comes upon. Does that make sense? I'm gonna, I just, if I have any hard words this morning, it's that one. We are responsible. If we have realm priority, if our priority is the spiritual realm and becoming a place of the pillar of God to bring his authority into this place, then it is our responsibility to order things of this world, okay, so that we are positioned for the Spirit to come upon, to in, fill and in. I don't, it can be um, finances, okay? Do, do you know that um, finances out of order can, can severely get in the way of what God wants to fill you for? It can be marriage, Marriage problems. Obvious, I, I would say that's been the biggest one in my life that the enemies used. Having marriage, right? <laughs> Having marriage out of, out of order. Not getting that relationship right so that together as one flesh, you're ready for the filling of the Spirit for whatever ministry, calling, gifting, movement that God's preparing you to move in, if that's out of order, it does hinder the kingdom of God. Is that right? It is our responsibility. It's, I don't think it's just coincidence or haphazard that in this short period of time where God's preparing the disciples for a coming filling that makes them the powerful, mighty, fire-filled church of God is this passage where they handle something very practical. In other words, what's waiting? <laughs> we could do a whole season of teaching on waiting, but waiting is very active, right? Waiting is prayer. Waiting is, in other words, waiting is preparing. Waiting is making sure that your marriage, your business, um, your, your finances, your household, your, that everything is ready when he wants to pour himself out to do a new thing among us that we're, we're positioned we're ready because we've handled what is our, in the realm of our responsibility. Amen? Some of you got things. In fact, I'm going to pray for you right now. Um, some of you are convicted right now. I just have to think. I know I am. That studying this week made me go, ooh, I got some things I need to take care of. That's what the Lord just did with me this week. And so um, I just want to stop for just a second. I'm just going to pray for you. For anybody who's sitting here and you're convicted that he wants you to get some things in order so that you're ready for what he's about to do in the coming season in your life, I'm just going to clear the way for that, okay? Just join with me. Father God, I just pray for a blessing over every heart here. And in fact, I ask that you would speak right now, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to hearts, even right now, things that need to be put in order so that they are prepared for the, for the mighty filling of your spirit. Make us pillars of fire in the name of Jesus, the carriers of the authority of your kingdom. And I pray that you would give them every good wisdom to handle 
all the things that you put in order, that you can help them put this in order. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. In fact, I'm just quickly going to tell you the pattern here. You're going to find out that he defines the problem and then he goes to the word of God for insight and revelation to confirm that the problem is what he thinks it is and that, and that it's what he needs to do about it. And then you're going to find that he, um, that he prays with a complete expectation with the others that God is going to solve the problem. I, I hope if, if you just decided that you're headed out to order things, unemployment or finances or marriage problems or whatever, whatever it is that you need to order to be ready, go with the faith that as a beloved son of a good father, when, when you have realm priority, when you want good finances, not just for yourself, but because you want to be positioned for the filling of the Holy Spirit, for the destiny that he's called on your life, he's a good, good father. And you're his beloved child. And he will, he will move in in his timing, okay? And he will handle that situation. Now, you have to be careful. Paul had a thorn that God wouldn't remove and I understand that, but it, it didn't hinder his calling, okay? But you should go with mighty faith that a good, good father wants to join you in ordering your life, whatever's out of order, whatever's hindering. He's a good father that has, he's the one who made the destiny for you. Amen. Okay, all right, it's, here's what we're going to do now. Um, I believe, I never even read the Pentecost. You all know the story? You know what happens next? Let me tell you. The Holy Spirit comes on them. <laughs> and they get to be the church. They immediately start moving in authority. Now, I don't know about you. I've had many seasons in my life where I, the authority is not the word I would use to describe it. <laughs> I hate those seasons. I want to be positioned to be filled with the Spirit of God for every good, every good work, every production of fruit that he has planned for me. I don't want to miss one of them. Jesus is the only standard. You know, when you look at Jesus' life, he, he ministered by the Spirit. The Word of God tells us that he laid down the divine attributes. He, walked, he is an example of how you are to walk. Now, believe me, that's, that's not a word of, I'm not heaping something on your head. I'm just telling you, it, it, it drives me crazy. <laughs> when I read Jesus' example and I see how far from that I am, it drives me up the wall. It makes me so hungry, I, I about freak out. So I think we're going to have the Lord's Supper this morning. And, then, and we're actually going to have ministers up here with anointing oil, and we're going to anoint for the filling of the Spirit, okay? Um, and I don't care, you know, the Word of God says be filled and be filled and, and be ever filling. I don't care if you've been anointed for the Spirit before. I don't care if it's the first time anybody's offered for you to be anointed for filling of the Spirit in your whole life. It, it just doesn't matter. The truth is the Word of God makes it clear that we're not to neglect the laying on of hands, that we're to stir the gifts within us, and that every day we're supposed to lift holy hands and say, fill me 
Holy Spirit and that we're supposed to impart. We are supposed to impart and pass on the Holy Spirit between believers. Amen? So it doesn't matter what your background or history is in this. It's just biblical that we are to be filled with the Spirit and we do that for each other. Amen? Okay, so... Um, Here's how this is going to work. I'll just, we're going to put the table out here in the middle. And um, when you're ready, just come on up. You can um, partake in the Lord's table, okay? And then on both sides, there's going to be ministers ready to anoint for fresh filling of the Holy Spirit over you and in you for your purposes. They may take a minute with you. We don't have to be fast about this, okay? I know I've, I've gone long, so if you need to run out of here at some point, that's total, you have total permission to do that. But our ministers are probably going to take their time. Um, they're going to pray for filling of the Spirit, but they're also going to be listening for the Holy Spirit to speak words or revelations or something to pass on to you in some cases if they receive that, okay? So you can wait until it doesn't look like there's much of a line. You don't have to, you know, line up. You can wait until it's a good moment to come up. We're not going to rush through this. And um, I'm just going to start by praying, okay? Would you join me? Holy Spirit, we ask that you bless this time. We thank you, Jesus, for the blood, for your blood poured out that makes this possible for us. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to be in mighty presence in this place. We ask you to bless the oil that you have provided. We ask that your power and your presence would be in the prophetic act of anointing each other in the strong name of Jesus. I ask that you would, you would grant revelations and words, but most of all, Lord, that you would just fill with fresh fire, that your, your oil in another realm would flow in this place. Make us into pillars of fire for your kingdom where the world changes when we walk there. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.